to Japan Casting, a free educational podcasting channel. I am Steve McCarty, your host in English and sometimes Japanese. I am a longtime professor in Osaka, president of the World Association for Online Education, and I lecture for the Japanese government to officials from around the world. On Japanese people and society. So, hello.、Uh, so, today I'm at the Japan International Cooperation Center in、uh, Osaka, part of the Japanese government, and、uh, mostly graduate students who are going to study at Japanese universities are here today. And so, first we'll have them introduce themselves, and then we'll have their questions and,、uh, and discussion. So, so please、um, introduce yourself.、Uh, hello,、um, everybody.、Uh, my name is Estras.、Uh, I, I'm from Guatemala.、Um, uh, I like uh, Japan. Uh, um, I will.、Uh, Learn、um, Japanese language、um, in the future.、Uh, I, to, uh, I to, to be、um, professional people、uh, when I come back to my country,、uh, Guatemala, I help.、Uh, My、uh, people,、uh, children, and.、Uh, okay. Okay,、yeah, that's great. Yeah, very nice. And so if you have any questions later, then,、uh, then please ask. And, and how about、uh, you?、Okay. Uh, hello. My name is Omit Pal. I'm from uh, India. Uh,、um, though this is my fifth visit to Japan, I'm here on a short term course. I'm very much、uh, interested about、uh, the Japanese way of thinking, the Japanese way of living. Uh, uh, in short,、uh, Japan excites me. Thank okay, you. Okay, that's very interesting. So you can have your questions in a minute.、Yeah. Hello, everybody. I'm Lan. I come from Vietnam.、Um, I'm very interested in、uh, the presentation. Of uh, uh, Professor Makati about the Japanese people and society. <clears throat> and、um, I think that it's very useful for me because now I'm going to participate in long term training program. Okay, that's right. As I just gave my、uh, regular presentation about Japanese people and society. Which was recorded in a previous、uh, podcast, and so I'm just presenting the new、uh, discussion now in this podcast. Okay, well then,、uh, questions about、uh, Japan, then what would you like to,、uh, to ask?、Uh? Actually, I was always、uh, fascinated by the way、uh, people at different regions of the world think.、Uh, the way the Japanese think is, I feel, very unique. If you go to other parts of the world,、uh, like the place from where I come in India,、uh, 
uh, though there is a uniform, you can't fit it into an uniform thinking. Different regions have their own way of uh, thinking, language. But in Japan, uh, as a country, it is much more uniform. Uh, the way they think is also much more uniform. Uh, I am also fascinated by their, uh, uh, their by their religion, their ability to uh, take in things from different cultures, which is a very important aspect in the globalization, where we need to take in uh, uh, take in good good things from different different cultures, so societies. Thank you. Okay, then great. And do you have a question or comment? Yeah. Uh, um, I find out that there are some similar uh, between the Japanese people and society and Vietnamese uh, people and society. For example, for the changing society, um, the uh, gradually changing values and traded yeah and uh, competitive culture and Vietnamese also uh, Vietnamese people also are other now are keeping the other oriented values um, and uh, and something else but now I'm uh, interested in the how different between male and female nowadays in Japan and attending in the future. Thank you. Okay, yeah, so you're starting your uh, question. So, um, well, traditionally, of course, uh, Japan was a man's world, and uh, like uh, most of Asia, I guess the, the original wife was almost like a possession of the, of the husband, uh, and it would be passed from the, her family to the husband like a possession. And, but I think all over the world that's not... Uh, not unusual. Uh, in ancient uh, Babylon and now Iraq, they had what was called a marriage market. Like the men would go to the market, and so it was a real marriage market. I mean, they would they would like buy a wife, like with you give like a cow and two goats or a sheep or something to get uh, in exchange for a wife. And so, so, so Japan was not unusual in that in that way. But so Japan adopts all the you know, modern uh, features, you know, of uh, modernization. And Japan agrees to to ratify the international conventions to eliminate all forms of discrimination against women. So, but still, that the people's common sense, it doesn't change very, very quickly. And I remember things from my childhood that, uh, that still stay with me, like from my American upbringing, so like, oh, women drivers, you know, like I'm driving, I know if a woman is in front of, if someone is in front of me and driving too slow and then not driving well, then I start to think it must be a woman, eh? and usually it's right, but still it's a, you know, it's a stereotype or it's a, a kind of discrimination that comes from the way we are raised, and so it's, it's a, in Japanese people also a very deep, uh, have a deep sense, you know, that, uh, that the men men are in charge. That men make the decisions, and and then women follow. Eh? And then women don't want to be too pushy, eh? so they may believe in like a women's liberation or women's equality. But 
if, if they're too pushy about it, then it's a kind of un-Japanese uh, behavior. And so they're kind of stuck in a situation where if they want to be, to continue to uh, act like a, you know, regular Japanese, then, then they, they must be kind of polite and not pushy about, uh, about becoming equal. So, it is, so they're in a stuck in a way. So one uh, very interesting example that came up recently. So the prime minister, you know, and his uh, a group advising him, then they decided that that uh, actually there are no male children in the imperial family, in the emperor's family for 40 years, that no male children were born. So they find that we must uh, allow the females to become emperor in the future. And so the, they make the decision and then they started to try to change the law in Japan. And then I immediately I knew uh, that it's going to be difficult and they're not going to easily change this law, I, I figured. And then suddenly the younger brother of the crown prince of Japan and his wife becomes pregnant. And then suddenly the situation has all changed and suddenly public opinion that was uh, favoring this law to change to allow women to become the emperor suddenly everything changed. The politicians changed in one day and then the general public opinion then also changed. So well let's wait and see then maybe a male boy will be born who could so we can continue this uh, this uh, long tradition of of the emperors. So they say that um, that the tradition goes back to 2,600 years but, but Japan does not have such a long history like India. Actually then Japan was in the late Stone Age culture at that time. So Japan just started to become a country that could have a leader only about 1,600 years ago. So, so be careful of what you're believing what you hear. Anyway, uh, so the, uh, there were some female emperors uh, in the past history, but it seemed that they would always go back to being male uh, emperors. And so they, uh, you know, they do have this tradition. But it only became... Uh, uh, a lot of things that they, people think are very old traditions were actually things that were started by like, the Meiji period government about 150 years ago or the things that actually were after World War II where, where it becomes an actual law where only like males can become emperors. So that a lot of traditions are kind of were made up traditions by the government and not so long ago. So it's another place to be careful and use critical thinking. So the, the general status of, um, of women today is uh, what we find in many other countries also, like even in the U.S., that, they, that uh, although the women are free to have jobs and uh, often they need to work, still when they come home, they still have to do most of the housework. So, uh, so if women want to be equal to men or to go out and work, then they have a harder life than, than the men because they have the extra work of taking care of the house and time with the children so they actually they have a, a a harder harder job so so a lot of times say women are raised with high expectations but they, and then they later they're disappointed when they're in their 30s and and then they and 40s then they end up their expectations are are disappointed so i think this is uh, the stage that you know that the civilization is at in in many con countries where then women may be equal under the law or equal on paper, but, but in practice 
then still then old attitudes uh, continue and uh, women have not uh, achieved complete uh, equality yet. So there's some very difficult uh, areas like of the economics of how much you know companies can pay the workers in the total or there are the biological differences you know between men and women where only women are able to have bear children and so as a result they are maybe closer emotionally to the children so there are some difficult some differences that that maybe never overcome even in the future okay so uh, I think Mr. Powell would like to ask about uh, religion so do you have a specific question uh, about the religion of Japan uh, how, how, how much uh, role does religion play in Japanese way of life and thinking Okay, well, maybe it's a bit. The good news is to go back to the past. I think in uh, in uh, Japan, uh, the, I, I can say uh, in the study of religion, it's sometimes it's said that uh, India invented religion. So, but they, it's a, it's a kind of a, a joke in a way because uh, because uh, actually all all cultures have religions. Then a culture has never been found that did not have a religion. That all cultures uh, on their own, you know, developed uh, developed religions. It's just that the, the that the the Indians are kind of the superstars that that uh, that, that developed uh, fantastic uh, religions. So they had their their own uh, representative religion as a Hinduism, but that uh, they developed also Buddhism, which became like an international religion of all of Asia, then including Japan. So Japan has its. Uh, it's a native or indigenous religion that's called Shinto and uh, it's over 2,000 years old when people first had religion and decided on you know, the way of religion in Japan. It's a kind of uh, animism uh, where, like I say, a spirit, some a tree, maybe a strange tree or rock formation and they feel it has some spirit in it. And so they, they, so they set up a shrine you know, in front of in front of that uh, part of nature, and uh, it's all invisible, and so the Shinto religion has no no images, so it's just like it'd be like an empty building, but there will be something, the um, called a Goshintai, which uh, connects connects that uh, shrine to the, to the in, invisible world of the spirits. So this is a very um, ancient style of religion, ancient style of religion that's found uh, all over the world. So then at the same time, then uh, around uh, the 6th century, so it would be about 1,600 years ago, 1,500 years ago, then uh, Buddhism came from uh, China and Korea to to Japan. And uh, I think shortly before that time, that was when actually the Buddhism went from uh, India to Tibet and China and then soon went to Japan. So actually Buddhism spread very fast across religion. That's a northern Buddhism, so not the not the Theravada or the southern southern Buddhism which is very similar to to uh, what the, actually what the Buddha and his followers had practiced. So the northern style of Buddhism called Mahayana Buddhism then they quickly spread to uh, India uh, from India to Tibet, China and and Japan and and so with that uh, religion, which was the sort of the elite or educational and medical, you know, the knowledge of Asia, then uh, those other aspects of 
China, of Chinese and Asian, you know, philosophy, religion, medicine, and everything that came with with Buddhism. So, uh, so that uh, the uh, elite class, you know, in Japan, then they uh, they embraced that uh, the, the Buddhism and other aspects of uh, of Chinese uh, civilization. So at that time, then writing was only in Chinese at first in in Japan. That was the first writing system in Japan, and very few people could speak Chinese actually. But it but, but it was a it was the elite language in in Japan, you know, for a time. So until they developed uh, the Japanese uh, writing system, and so uh, so so Japan ended up with uh, with two strains of religion. So they. They kept uh, their their old religion of the Shinto, and, and at the same time, then adopted the new religion of uh, of Buddhism. And so, since that time, then um, different from other countries, then the people have more than one religion. So, uh, most of the people in Japan actually belong to two religions. So, in their house, there may be like a as a Shinto shrine, and then uh, which is for uh, celebrating celebrating some events in, in life. And then they have a Buddhist altar which is more dedicated to the ancestors of their, uh, of their family. So perhaps usually the oldest son traditionally would take care of the, like the altar to the, to the ancestors. So anyway, so people had these, uh, these uh, the two religions. Then and nowadays, then actually, the, the, neither of the religions affects people much in daily life. So uh, there's still a lot of old common sense or ways of thinking that came from the religions, but there is not a, like an active practicing of the religions in daily life anymore. So the Buddhism is unfortunately now is mostly for funerals and taking care of the ancestors, and then in the Shinto religion will not touch will not touch that area because it's uh, considered a kind of a pollution, like blood or death is considered a kind of pollution. And so the Shinto religion stays completely away from that part of, of life. And then Shinto is more uh, now for celebrating festivals in, in particular. So a, so a, a kind of invisible you know, religion of, of joy. And it just does not have a, a, even a doctrine or a philosophy or something. So Buddhism is a completely the opposite. It's like the high religion of Asia. It has like it has very well, highly developed, you know, ethics and philosophy that were very good for Japan for for much of its history. So it had a good influence on on Japan. So actually, one of the causes of World War II, it's not known very well, is that is that that some decades earlier in the 19th century or uh, at, in the late 19th century, Japan separated Buddhism from Shinto and they favored Shinto as a state religion and then they, and they, uh, they tried to suppress then Buddhism. So as a result, they, uh, they lost the connection with, uh, with the high ethics and philosophy of Buddhism and therefore they lost the kind of their moral, their moral anchor and so they were more free to do bad things in Asia and then start the, and then wars and eventually causing so much uh, so anguish and agony for themselves also. Okay, so that's pretty much the situation of of religion in Japan.
Did you have any uh, more questions about uh, about Japan you'd like to ask? Okay, uh, Ms. Nguyen from Vietnam. Yes, it's a very specific question. So, how many uh, percentage of number of married female who are wife after graduating university in Japan? You mean they graduate from university after getting married, you mean? No, after how many percentage of number of married uh, women who are white how after graduating uh, from universities? Well, I don't know actually uh, uh, yeah. what percentage of, you know, compared to... M not exactly, but I um, cannot, I am not waiting for the uh, exactly information, but how many? How many percentage? Well, uh, I think the women who go to university maybe get married later in life, or later than the ones who do not go to to university, and then some just stay. More and more women are staying single and not getting married a, at all. Yeah. And so right now we don't know the result, but the trend is the trend is not is the trend is is more and more not getting married at all, and because. One reason is they they know what to, what will face them that they'll be bogged bogged down and children they'll have to take care of the children they may have to work also at the same time and so they get the idea that it may be a lot easier you know just to stay single and then also young men also are becoming more like they uh, are getting more like they would like to be free also and even not and uh, and just uh, you know you, you do their hobbies and things and so. So there's a real breakdown in uh, in actually men and women getting together and producing children for for the next generation, and so the it's projected that the population of of Japan will will in the future will be only a half of what it is uh, what it is now, and so they need to decide to either have a lot of immigration from the from the outside world or they have to do accept the fact that they will have a smaller economy and a smaller, uh, much smaller population in the future. So, uh, by the way, uh, uh, to go back to the subject of, of women, the, um, the women are not a minority because they are the majority of people in Japan are female because women live longer. So women are actually a majority, but they are a minority in power. So women are a kind of minority because they have a, a less power than than the men. So uh, so in that sense they are a, a, a minority. In, they are a minority in the sense of of their power. So other minorities, of course, are they're in a weaker you know position in in Japanese society. Sometimes the, the the prime minister of Japan sometimes denies that Japan even has minorities. And uh, He's not challenged in Japan for saying that because the kind of ideology of of a uh, homogeneous society and everything. But Japan does have minorities, you know. Um, yeah, the Ainu, the um, Okinawans, the Koreans, and Chinese who who came to Japan mostly after, during or after World War II, and and uh, or of course people like myself and. Or people with mixed mixed marriages. Now there are more and more international marriages, like a men in the countryside that can't find uh, 
can't find wives because the young women like to move to the big cities and have an, an easier life with more conveniences. So, so the farmers and men like that, then they need women from the Philippines or, or other countries to, to marry them. And so now quite a large percentage of the marriages are with the foreigners and nowadays. Uh, it is sometimes up to 5 or 7% in some cities of the marriages are actually between Japanese and, and foreigners. Uh, did you have any other uh, uh, questions about this? Have a question? No? Yeah. Uh, what happens if one a cup have more than two sons? Oh, interesting question about sons and daughters. Uh, um, I'm not sure what you're, you're getting at, but there is a big difference in traditionally. Like the first son was the one who, who uh, like uh, in, inherited all the family property, and so that the so that. Uh, the Japanese have an old saying like that the brother is the beginning of a stranger because it's an unequal situation between sons and so therefore they naturally become rivals and and then eventually become estranged or hate each other so there, so there tends to be that, uh, that pattern if, if a family had no sons but if they have a lot of property or something then they needed to kind of adopt uh, adopt a, a, a someone maybe from a poor family, a boy from a poor family, adopt into their family to become the head of the household uh, in the future. So, now, um, But the difference between two sons and three sons is only a matter of economics. It costs a lot of money just to, to raise a child. The people with the traditional views then they maybe will spend more money on their sons' education, like after school schools, so they may spend more money on their on their son's academic development than than the daughters. So it's a mostly a matter of economics. If you have more than two two children, that's the basic uh, difference. So well, I'm glad to hear that you all had uh, had uh, questions. Uh, Mr. Diaz from Guatemala, and Mr. Pal from India, and Ms. Nguyen from uh, Vietnam, who are here to to study. A part of my presentation that I usually don't get to and prefer to have discussion is about uh, my family, but they have taught me some lessons in uh, being uh, other-oriented. Uh, I'm supposed to think of my uh, children before I think of my own, uh, what kind of ice cream that I want or something. I should think of the kids first and and the pressure to assimilate. If you can, if you can understand Japanese, then people expect you to act like a Japanese, which is which is more difficult. So to be bicultural in Japanese uh, um, is a very uh, even more difficult than being bilingual. And, and maybe I would do not want to be assimilated to be just like like other Japanese, but pre prefer to uh, you know to keep some some distance. And so then there's so then there will be a, a certain extent of you know of conflict or trouble of the you know, the, the pu pushing me to assimilate and my trying to keep independent to some extent. And so this affects the family. And But the, um, about the husband and wife relationship, actually, we uh, because I can speak Japanese and um, actually my wife and I are, all, are always, uh, you know, discussing a lot more than most couples. And so we have a lot of, a lot of uh, communication. And about uh, uh, my... Uh, my wife's mother the once said that 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 well the important thing for 
to a couple to stay together is that, that um, the husband stays employed and it does not uh, cheat on the wife, you know, by having affairs with other women. And so maybe this is all over the all over the world. But that was interesting that she said that. So in, so her saying that means that uh, well, in my case, that I pass, you know, that although I'm a foreigner, but I still pass those important, uh, you know, those important conditions, you know, to be acceptable to uh, to my wife's parents. And so it's kind of interesting. And so it's. Uh, so you, uh, as a, f- a foreigner, you kind of stick out in Japan, but you try to fit in, you know, just as much as necessary, but while still sticking out. And so that's why I say the best thing is to be a professional foreigner. Okay, well, that's uh, all for today, and i um, be going back to my workplace from the Japan uh, International Cooperation Agency.